Good morning, good morning. Hello, I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to the Thanks A Million mini pods. Whilst we're waiting for series four and a mountain of new thank yous, I thought we'd revisit the thank you next chapter of some of our guests' lives to remind us that we've got this. Now, I love asking people about the thank you next because it's all about silver linings, searching for the lesson in the shit heap, (laughs) so to speak. It's, you know, when something's gone hideously wrong or a period of your life that you'd really rather forget about. But actually, when you start to dig around and look at it a little more deeply, you can find something quite valuable in it. At least that's the vibe. Please don't forget to subscribe so that you will get all the Thank You Next mini pods as soon as they're released. Plus, you'll be the first to know when series four of Thanks A Million drops, which, by the way, is soon. Well, soonish. This week's Thank You Next is from Fern Cotton. Broadcaster extraordinaire, author and host of the phenomenally popular Happy Place, Fern Cotton is someone we all know and love. Her Sunday Times bestseller, Speak Your Truth, is out now and it is gorgeous. She speaks and has done for many, many years very openly about mental health and it is, of course, something which most of us will have become even more conscious of during this past year with the pandemic, which has been um, a bit of a slog, let's be honest. So even if you weren't aware, acutely or otherwise, of your old noggin, I'm sure you will be now, or at least you'll be aware of close friends or family or people who may be struggling. And if you're struggling, know that you don't have to do it on your own. Often it feels like a very isolating place to be. Pick up the phone, talk to somebody that you trust, say it out loud, speak your fears out loud. Sometimes the hardest thing is to start that conversation. Text somebody when you're feeling in the depth so that you can hide from it the following morning. Normalise talking about your struggles, which is, I think, something that Fern does really, really brilliantly. But that is something that she's had to work on, as she told me when she revisited her thank you next, a time in her life when she had depression and the after effects of that. This one is a chapter that I often in my work talk around, but not really about, because there's so much of it that I'm still processing and still have a bit of a um, hangover with, you know, a lot of my work has come from that era of my life where I fell into a pretty big hole of depression and not much around me seemed to make sense. And I felt very isolated and very, um, just sort of alone in my experience. It was long before I had even dared use the word depression I certainly hadn't had a conversation with other people about it which to me now sitting here is weird because I talk to somebody or multiple people every day about this stuff now it's an everyday part of my life whether it's friends who know that I'll have an open chat about it or mostly in my work but before this this point on this era I'm talking about I would never have dared talk about my mental health I don't think I even knew what that was so I obviously um by default felt very alone in that due to the fact that I I hadn't had those conversations so it was a really shitty you know long time where I just and I I think the thing that I'm still 
<clears throat> there are a few things that I'm still working on from that time. One of them is confidence because I totally lost it. It went, I didn't have any at all, which has really hindered me in my work life. It's somewhat in my personal life, I kind of changed you know, a few day-to-day things, how I went about my business in my, in my regular life. But within my working life, I really lost confidence. And well, as you know, I changed the whole sort of landscape of what I was doing professionally because I couldn't do a lot of it anymore. It just didn't, I, I literally couldn't put myself out there in the way that I used to. So this was leaving Radio 1? Radio and eventually then I guess Celebrity Juice and um, yeah. and I feel completely safe and grounded when I'm doing the podcast or any other Happy Place stuff. But I still have this weird hangover of like, I had to go on I didn't have to go. I willingly went on to Sunday brunch at the weekend, which is always like the most joyful experience. They feed you, they give you alcohol mm-hmm. at 10 a.m. It's, it's a very nice experience. But And you're not th- steering the ship. You're just there for the party. No, I know, which I used yeah. to find. I wouldn't even think about it. I would feel completely calm, enjoy it, be excited mm-hmm. about going on. But I think the lack of the confidence that I lost during this period of depression... I still find it really hard to summon that in in those very exposing live TV ways where anyone could ask me anything at any point and it's live. Anybody could say anything, do anything. Like, I used to love that and get a kick out of it. And now I feel yeah. like like a soft peach, like I'm too exposed and I find it really scary. So I still have, like the repercussions are still there and there's still things that I, I work on a lot and that's enabled me to write a lot of nice things and talk about a lot of nice things in the podcast. But so I, so I am, I I didn't feel grateful at all at the time. I just thought, why is this happening to me? Why do I feel so unsupported? Why can I not talk about this stuff without feeling shame and, and all these ugly emotions that were floating around? Whereas now, you know, I just excavate that time of my life relentlessly to come up with new ways of talking about things and new ways of asking people questions about their life so really it's it's the foundation of all the work I do today so it's got great value but I, I saw no value in it at the time and I think that's often the case retrospectively we can see the value and and kind of you know dig the gold but but when you're in it you just feel like it's the end of the world. Is it that at that time you you were alone, isolated, you associate now telly and kind of radio maybe to a lesser degree with being, like, is it almost a PTSD kind of? Yeah, it's a physical thing, you know, like intellectually, cognitively, I know I can do this, I am safe, nothing bad's going to happen, but my body, it's my body, like the night before I have to do something like that, yeah, it's muscle memory, my heart races and my brain's going stop like stop racing just relax you don't need to go into this sort of shock but I think you know that's something that I'm working on and I'm trying all sorts of different things and again no rush it's not the end of the world that I can't do all the stuff I used to be able to do I'll I'll get there down the line and and I'm lucky that I've I've been able to sort of you know create new work in different ways that you know I don't have to rely on it so much anymore um but it is a it is a very sort of physical experience and um and you know having talked to a lot of other people um who have been through similar situations or or lived through that sort of stress or depression it is a very physical thing and I think it, it requires again lots of 
um, experimentation in, in looking at what works for you and, and it will probably be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, went, I went back to do radio I say went back it was kind of my first foray into radio very shortly after Ruby was born and I have a similar thing where doing radio even though I love it as soon as we go I'm good to go but I have a physical like I, I don't sleep the night before there is nothing comfortable about it the anticipation of it almost takes all of the joy out of it and it, it is very very physical but I think people will really you know, you did it for so long. It looks so effortless to you. Well, I didn't used to feel like this. Honestly, when I did my Radio 1 show, it was just a joy. You know, it wasn't, there There was no, I mean, towards the end of it, there perhaps there was some stuff going on for me. But really, for the majority of my Radio 1 career, it, it did feel... Um, yeah, easy-ish, I guess. I mean, there's always sort of technical side of things and, and the sort of skill set that you need to have in place. But but it, it was at least something that I did daily and, and it didn't cause me any stress. But I think all of the sort of panic attack stuff has been a bit of a sort of delayed reaction to things as I work through stuff and process it. And, and that's why I think the panic attacks at first were such a shock. So I was like, why am I getting this now? This is like years after what I went through. But I just think, you know, our, our bodies, they don't run on a, a time schedule that works for us and is convenient necessarily. It's it, it all happens and, and is processed organically and or with a bit of help, but in its own time. And I think that's where we learn patience and 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 to have a bit of stillness and to be okay with that. And I, that's no bad thing. You know, I left Radio 1 and I, I was about to have my daughter, Honey, my second child. I had no work at all, none, zero jobs. I had no safety net. I didn't have parents that could bail me out. I was free-falling. So, um, you know, I think I was sort of busy dealing with that and then all of the other stuff sort of came later really but but it was worth the jump I think having a bit of a break or or a bit of stillness is is no bad thing and it's where you start to potentially have ideas and to just think of life in a a new way Mm -hmm. and I wonder was it that actually now going back to those those things is it that you kind of when you're in it it's adrenaline you're driven by the doing of the thing and then actually you go I don't know if I want to do that to myself I'm not sure yeah. if that's in line yeah, no, it, with what who how I want to be with myself anymore totally I mean that's I mean it's unfortunately why I don't cover for Zoe anymore you know I I'm like the biggest Zoe Ball fan I have been since I was a teenager so to then cover for her show was just the biggest honor ever and I loved it I did it for about a year and it was amazing and then I just had to have a really honest conversation with lovely Helen at Radio 2 and just say I don't sleep at all the night before and I do the show for sometimes two weeks plus and I it's gonna make me ill and you know that I just think you have to look at your health which is everything it's the most important thing we have is our is our health so I just knew you know and I tried going on medication again and all sorts of things and I just thought oh this is not this is not right I spend my life writing about this stuff yet I'm putting myself through physical yeah so that was like the hardest I cried my eyes out making that decision like I bawled my eyes out because I didn't want to not do it but I think sometimes we have to honor what our bodies are telling us and it might not be the case forever. Maybe I'll get the opportunity to do that again or, or something else similar. But 
But, yeah. you know, I think timing is everything and, and you've got to be gentle with yourself. And I, as I said, I'm not good at that. But in certain moments where it's more severe, you, you have to be. Thank you so much to Fern for being so open and honest and frank about her experience with depression. As I said before, do not think that you are alone or that you need to do it alone. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, do remember that there's always somebody to talk to or to text. The Samaritans can be reached on 116123 and check the show notes for details outside the UK and Ireland. And don't feel like that state is something that you have to endure forever. Making changes, like Fern says, and saying no to things which are no longer working for you mentally and physically is something that we can all learn from too. I would love to know what your thank you next is. Get in touch at Angela Scanlon on Instagram. It's probably the best way to slide into my DMs if you feel that way inclined. And if you missed it, you can listen back to the full episode of Thanks a Million with Fern Cotton, where she also talks about her discomfort at being part of the wellness industry and how she nearly lost her voice. Also, have you subscribed to my new newsletter yet? I mean, it's not really new anymore. I launched it before Christmas, which, you know, is basically half a year ago. But it is free if it's not new. It's a weekly email, like a little hug on a Sunday morning, packed full of well-being tips, tasty recipes, the food and fashion kind, interviews with some of my favourite people and a whole load of loveliness. I've covered the pursuit of joy, change, love, sustainability. It's a mixed old bag, which is sometimes what I'm referred to. Just head to the link in the show notes below. You're going to love it, I promise. And if you don't, you can unsubscribe. Although know that I will know you've done that (laughs) for now though. Thank you so much, Fern. Who is next?